You talking down on us, we live it up. How about that? This is the Rich Eisen Show. Can we stop cheating in baseball? Can we please do that? Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. In the meantime, Tim Tebow shows up in Jacksonville, Florida. I can't get the Tim Tebow dislike. Earlier on the show, Los Angeles Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford. Coming up, Vikings general manager Rick Spielman. NBA analyst Greg Anthony. Plus, nine-year NFL veteran Nate Ebner. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen show is on the air. Lots going on in the world from the weekend with Phil Mickelson winning a major at age 50. First time we've ever seen someone half a century do that. And then, of course, the NBA playoffs, eight games in, lots of surprises and upsets and things to talk about. Greg Anthony, who called the Hawks win in Madison Square Garden against the Knicks uh, on Turner yesterday, he will join us. Rick Spielman, the general manager of the Minnesota Vikings, will join us. We always like having decision makers on the show. Nate Ebner, the uh, safety of the New York football giants, who's got a book out. He's going to try and make the rugby Olympic team for the United States. He made it in Rio in 2016, three-time Super Bowl champion. We'll talk with him in hour number three. Matthew Stafford's about to join us. The world's popping because Shannon Sharp on his show, Undisputed, got... Um, Julio Jones on the phone, put him on speaker. Sure did not sound like Julio knew he was on live television. He asked him what was going on between uh, him and Skip Bayless, which was uh, Julio joining the Cowboys because rumor is that the Falcons can't keep him due to his cap charge. And uh, and he asks him, Shannon, on live television, on speakerphone, holding it up to his lav mic, hey, you, you, would you go to the Dallas Cowboys? You're going to stay in Atlanta. And Julio's answer is, no, nah, I'm out of there. Huh. <laughs> so any leverage that Terry Fontenot thinks he may have on other teams that are looking for Julio Jones, because according to Ian Rappaport, Julio requested a trade months ago. That has earned Ian Rappaport a phone call into this show in 40 minutes time that he has agreed in the commercial break to do. Oh, yeah. So we got lots going on, especially with our next guest. Is he on the phone line right now, Chris? Yes, he is. He is in his 13th year in the National Football League, but his first with a new team outside of the city of Detroit. He is the Los Angeles Rams quarterback, Matthew Stafford, here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Matthew Stafford? I am doing good, Rich. How are you? I am doing well. So uh, it took me when I moved uh, to Los Angeles back in 2003. uh, It took me a while to realize that whenever I was working indoors, this was at NFL Network, I was working indoors, and it took me at least two, three, four weeks to stop lamenting, man, I'm indoors when it's so beautiful outside, because it's usually very beautiful outside. Have you gone through that process so far, Matthew Well, luckily Stafford? for me, my job is outside. Ah, that's true. Um, so I get, to, uh, I get to enjoy it, but I am, uh, I am enjoying it for sure. That's, uh, I pinch myself waking up and seeing the sun up every day, and <laughs> about 70, 75 degrees. It's pretty nice. It, it sure is. So, uh, so far... What have you been? Uh, what have you been doing so far to get yourself acclimated football wise? Walk me through that process for you, Matthew. Yeah, you know, I think uh, I've just been trying to catch up as much as I can. Um, you know, I'm in a little bit of a unique position in the fact that everybody here has pretty much been running some version of this offense for the last four or five years. So, um, you know, they're definitely ahead of the game when it comes to the mental aspect. When you know, as far as where I'm at, so I'm just trying to catch up, do everything I can there, and then. 
last week we kind of started uh, doing some on-field stuff um, in a little bit of a limited capacity, but it was good to get out there and meet the guys and kind of start working with them, throwing with them, and, and doing all that kind of stuff. So it's it's picking back up, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely a, a process for me and something that uh, is a big challenge on the mental aspect, but I will uh, you know do my part to make sure I'm ready to go. And what about McVeigh? He talks very fast. Uh, Matthew, uh, I, <laughs> he does. He he's talks, a smart guy. He's got a lot to say. I know that. He, um, so he, you, I guess you have he, to pick uh, up his cadence as well, too. I imagine. Yeah, definitely. There's there's communication. Um, you know, obviously he's he's giving me the plays through the headset. We're talking constantly out at practice, um, and you know, and in the meetings and all that kind of stuff. Just trying to uh, you know get to know each other as best we can because that's a you know that's an important relationship for for not only uh, the offense but our team. And so how many plays has he given you? Or is he going to give you multiple ones? Is he going to give you one, and then it's your job at the line to figure out what, what happens there? I mean, what is the, uh, the protocol that you're expecting for, oh, for it's, this? Oh, it's a little bit of everything. You know, sometimes we got one, we got two, we got open-ended. Um, you know, just about like everybody else in the NFL, there's, uh, there's a, a bunch of different options. But, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a complex offense, one that, uh, you know, uh, has been – you know, executing and, and uh, been atop the NFL for a long time around here. So uh, just got a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of work to do to make sure we keep it there and, and get better. Let's get to the, the road to Los Angeles, Matthew Stafford. Um, at what point did you decide or figure out, you, your wife, your family, your team, that um, you were going to make an attempt here to uh, start a new chapter football-wise? Can you walk me through that process, please, Matthew? Yeah, I mean, that was a, a tough one. Um, you know, it was something that, uh, you know, I definitely spent a lot of time talking and thinking about with, uh, you know, people I'm close to, mostly just my wife, um, you know, and a little bit of family. But, uh, you know, it was something that kind of came to fruition after the season and went in and talked to, uh, you know, the uh, the leadership over there in, in Detroit. And, and they were amazing, um, you know, to me. They were really receptive and understanding at the same time. Um, you know, we wanted to do what was best for both, both parties, and, and I feel like we got that done. Um, you know, it was, uh, it was about as smooth a process as it can go when it comes to trading away somebody who's been, you know, in your in your organization for 12 years. Um, so I was uh, I was really appreciative of the way they handled it, and uh, you know, I hope they were, um, you know, fond of the way I handled it as well. So it uh, it worked out. Um, you know, I got nothing but great memories there, and and uh, a bunch of great friends and people I care a lot about. So uh, it was tough to leave, but at the same time, I'm excited for. You know, a new chapter for me, my family, and, and um, you know, out here in L.A. is going to be a lot of fun. No question these things could go sideways. I mean, you know that. I mean, being in the league for over a decade, when you go into a front office or reach out to somebody, who, who did you reach out to? Did you go to the owner? Did you go to um, whoever was the general manager at the time? Because, uh, you know, there was such a transition period. I mean, who did you speak to with such a sensitive request that if it gets out, it could send things in a totally different direction than the one that it, it wound up in with you in Los Angeles, Matthew. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was delicate, no question. Um, you know, and, and, uh, so I talked to, to Rod Wood, who's our team president and, um, Sheila, uh, Mrs. Ford Hamp. So that was, uh, those were the two people that I talked to, um, you know, and, and they were obviously, uh, you know, been been around me for a while and, and understand where I was coming from. And, um, you know, I think disappointed, but also understanding and, and you know, responsive. So that was uh, that was a good thing. And, and um, again, I just can't say enough about the way they handled it, um, you know, and, and I hope they feel the same way, you know, with the way I did. Um, but just just happy that, uh, you know, it, you're seeing it today. You know, there's there's all sorts of 
you know things going on where uh you know basically the player and the and the team or the front franchise you know aren't uh aren't seeing eye to eye and i was just happy that you know it worked out as smoothly as it did for me matthew stafford here on the rich eisen show as for the why to go uh and decide after 12 years you know i'm going to take things a little bit in my own hands even without you know having a free agency year that's right around the corner uh to try and make a change you spoke to the uh the great sam farmer here in los angeles for the LA Times. I love that guy. And you spoke with him. And I just want to take an exchange from your, your Q&A that was printed in the Los Angeles Times last week. He mentioned two quarterbacks, Rich Gannon and Carson Palmer, who were able to redefine themselves in their last stops of their career. He asked you, do you think about that? Your answer was, there's no question, absolutely. Different scenario. But even Tom Brady last year, going to a new team and a different coach and a new way of doing things and having success. Did Brady in Tampa... How, make you in a way sit down and go okay if he can do that after 20 years and after winning all those championships there maybe I can try Did, was he kind of in a way uh, lack of better phrase inspiration for you to try it um, I don't know you know I think uh, I kind of take in the landscape of the league every year um, obviously it was an incredible thing that he was able to do last year um, you know after basically knowing one way for a long long time and having a ton of success and then just kind of picking up and moving on and and taking that success with him, um, which I thought was really impressive. Um, some of those other guys that were mentioned in that article, obviously, um, you know, were, were part of it. But at the same time, uh, just because one or all three of those guys did what they did didn't mean I was going to do what I was going to do. It was, it was something that really came from, uh, you know, my family and, and uh, my situation because everybody's situation is different. Um, but it is nice to know that, um, you know, it, it can happen and guys have done it. Um, it's a lot of hard work and, you know, a lot of a lot of changes and a lot of new faces and all that kind of stuff. But uh, you can you can definitely make it work. Matthew Stafford here on the Rich Eisen show. And again, I, I, to, to say that, you know, you know, we can say it in the business that this is your most talented team that you, you've you've maybe been around. And that's a lot to say, certainly since there's a first ballot Hall of Famer that's going in and Megatron and you did have some talented players. But I'm wondering what your thoughts were when you were in this huddle and seeing all these guys cop and woods and cam Akers and whitworth as well the gray beard that's going to have your back i mean what, what was it like being in that huddle looking around at your new teammates matthew um it was great you know obviously uh, i've got a lot of respect for what a lot of these guys have been able to do for a long time in this league and and some of the you know immediate success guys have had some young players that are playing at a really high level so uh, more than anything you know i felt a, a sense of responsibility to make sure that i'm doing my part to make sure these guys get to achieve everything they want to achieve and and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the quarterback's, you know, the facilitator. Um, i got to get these guys the ball, and, and uh, whether it's handing it to Cam or, or uh, you know, throwing it to Cooper, whatever it is, um, it's my job to make sure that I'm getting them the ball so they can do their thing. And, and uh, so I just felt a, a bunch of responsibility to make sure that as a new guy coming in that I was up to speed and, and uh, doing everything I can to try and, uh, you know, immerse myself in this offense and, and learn it and, and be there as, uh, as quickly as possible. You, you are, are you aware of the number of uh, times that you've had a, um, a 100-yard rusher, either to your left or right uh, or behind I you in a single I, game? I, what is it, 10 or 12? It's 11, like right 11. in the middle. Let's split the difference. It's 11. Yeah, 11. Yep. It's 11, Matthew. I mean, um, so what do you think of the running core here and what it will add to what you can do because the general sense of things is you are about to be on a launching pad position in your career in year 13. I wonder what you think right now. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously there's really talented players in the backfield. Um, you know, in this offense, we do a great job of mixing up looks and, and uh, you know, 
using motion to our advantage. Um, you know, I think we, we hand it to the receivers. We hand it to the running backs. Uh, you know, um, so it's it's going to be a you know an exciting thing for me. It's a it's a lot to learn, a lot to process to make sure I'm getting us in the best plays and the best runs. Um, and then it's going to be fun to watch these guys up front um, do their thing and and the guys uh, carrying the ball. You know, go make guys in the secondary miss and then break off big runs. So I'm excited to be a part of it. Um, you know, the whole culture, the whole. Uh, team, everybody that I've uh, met here has been fantastic. So I'm just, you know, just excited about, uh, you know, trying to take take advantage of this opportunity. Okay, in the few minutes I have left with you, Matthew Stafford, what is the most Los Angeles thing you've done to date since being oh, a Los Angeles uh, resident? What is literally the one thing I, like, I can't know. believe I'm doing? I have yoga, hot yoga. Um, <laughs> um, what do you got? Uh, Avocado toast. Question. What do you got? Um, what have you done? I mean, I ate, I ate at Nobu and Malibu. I feel like that's a pretty trendy yeah, LA thing. Well done. That too. deserves a round of applause from the Rich Eisen yeah. Show crew. Um, <laughs> uh, what you actually, you know, one of the first. This is this is a Los Angeles thing, you know, for for some, you know, knock on wood, um, that uh, running into somebody in Cabo is a very Los Angeles thing, and <laughs> it looks like that was the first Los Angeles thing you did, right, with Sean McVay? Yeah, we can. We can check that off the list. Yep, I did that. Um, yeah, I ran into it was a it was, crazy, crazy thing. Ran into those guys down there, him and Wit, and and uh, there were actually a bunch of other NFL guys down there. But uh, yeah, ran into those guys, and and um, you know that was kind of what jump started. I think the whole thing. So it was uh, crazy seeing them down there and all that. But uh, just glad that uh, you know worked out the way it did. So it was totally random that as you were being potentially acquired by the Los Angeles Rams. That there was McVeigh, there was Whitworth. We that there was because again, this is not free agency. It's not like the 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 Clippers running uh, off to Dallas to keep DeAndre Jordan or something like that locked in their house, like from a couple of years ago. But maybe this was there. Yeah. Maybe this was planned. I don't know. What do you think? No, it was it was it was honestly totally random. Um, of wow. all the places to stay in Cabo to be in the same place, uh, I was going down there with just my wife. Uh, we didn't really know where we were staying. Um, got a call on where we were going and, and, uh, you know, ended up being a very similar or the same place that, uh, uh, you know, Witt and, and coach were at. So it was, it was kind of a crazy, a crazy deal. Um, you know, and then it, uh, you know, kind of just snowballed from there and, and, um, happened the way it did. Well, the other Los Angeles thing is to, to be on television, have another human being offer you something for your parking spot. That's another Los Angeles thing that happened on NFL <laughs> network just a couple weeks ago. It did some. Some lunatic, <laughs> some crazy guy was asking me for it, but yep. Uh, yep. no, you uh, we can work something out. Because figure it out again, you know, like I, I I already went to Brandon Staley of the Chargers and asked him for his spot <laughs> on Rams home days. So if I get the Chargers coach and the Rams quarterback, I think I'm walking like two feet to work. Basically, do you know where your spot Sounds is already? Like you're going to be in a good spot. Do you do you know where your spot is already at, at SoFi Stadium? Matthew or no you don't I know don't that? I have no idea I'm Come just I'm just trying to figure out my day-to-day at the moment Rich Matthew. But, uh, whenever I figure out where I'm parking I will uh, make sure I give you a buzz look I know you're tight with Clayton Kershaw but let me help you about Los Angeles life as well there's nothing more important than parking there really isn't honestly that's all we talk about is whose spot is where and valley parking and where you park did you really walk did you really walk like walking someplace nobody does that here ever so I'm just trying to Good help to you with this. I'm serious. Thank I'm, tr- you. I'm trying to help you with this. Uh, and then last one for you. Is it true Kershaw blew somebody up on a football field for you when you were kids? Is that really true, Matthew Stafford? Yeah, that's true. He got ejected from a game. Um, you know, he's my center, and a guy hit me late, and then he uh, 
he took you know exception to that and uh, hit it hit that dude even later and got got booted from the game. But I was all for it, um, <laughs> and that's just uh, that's just kind of the competitor he is. You guys see it. Uh, you guys have been seeing it for years. So just imagine that guy, uh, you know, with some football pads on, and and uh, you can you could definitely imagine it. So wait a minute. Was he a late bloomer? Was he? How is he a center? I mean, was he was he somebody who just? Yeah, he. he what he shot up in high school. He got uh, you know not that he was a small guy or right. a short guy, but he uh, he definitely like went from I don't even know five ten to six three or whatever he is now. Um, in you know in a, in a quick period of time, and and uh, that's when ninety seven came, and he has always had the curveball and the all the you know competitive aspects of being a great pitcher. But uh, that extra heat came definitely when he when he shot up. So if you were his catcher, I mean, you'd prevent somebody from charging the mound as well because so, you guys go way back. He's done that for you. you Absolutely. That for okay. Very good. Matthew, thanks for the time. I saw you wearing number nine, too. Uh, so I'll, I'll, whatever, whatever um, you know, you gave Walford, if anything, uh, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take half that for the parking spot. And if certainly if it was nothing, if he just handed it to you, I'll take your spot is essentially what I'm saying. Okay, perfect. I'll can, keep that in mind. Can we use the Walford deal as, as, our, as our benchmark? Stafford as Matthew? framework, yeah. But I, framework. I don't understand why I'm paying you for you to have my spot. I think it's got to go the other way. No, I know that. That's what I'm saying. Whatever, you, oh, whatever you yeah, gave yeah, yeah. Walford, hopefully, you know, unless Walford's just like, here's my nine, and then you should just give me your spot because again, I, I no, will. It was, uh, what? it was a bit more complicated than that. So I'll, uh, I'll well, send you the numbers later. <laughs> You guys did a spreadsheet? It's, what are you talking about? This is... <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. All right. Matthew, thanks for the time, sir. Always appreciate it. Welcome to Los right. Angeles. Appreciate it, Rich. Have you a good one. You bet. That's Matthew Stafford, the Los Angeles Rams quarterback here on the Rich Eisen Show. And I think the best metric, I should have brought this up. He's hung up, right? Yeah, he's hung I think the best, the best metric, I think, would be, um, you know, uh, to show how excited people are for his success here in L.A. is that you are not going to give up many of the season tickets as well. Definitely not. I mean, I didn't even go, oh, gosh, I didn't even go there that the Lions are coming in here. Yeah. Also, you know what? You know what's kind of messed up in my house? What? Um, Matthew Stafford went to Georgia. Yes. Sarah, my yes. lady, is yes. from Georgia. Yes. Her voicemail still says you've reached Sarah Tiana and Matthew Stafford. You have a problem with that? <laughs> actually, not. Actually, I kind of don't. Oh, okay. But you just bring that up? I just wanted to bring that up. Okay, very good. Very, very good. Ian Rapport's going to join us in 20 minutes. The numbers involving Julio Jones's contract, there are four teams that can afford the guaranteed payment that's currently sitting out there right now. That's I think that's what this is. There's a $15 million guaranteed payment bonus that's coming right now right is 15 million dollars his salary for this year is fully, fully, fully guaranteed. guaranteed that's it so it's 15 yeah. million bucks 15 million who's going to be paying 15 million there are four teams that can actually do it according to jeremy fowler of espn with the current cap space that these four teams have charges colts 49ers patriots every last one of them should be on the phone right now to terry fontenot saying what do you do what do you do uh, Chargers, Colts, 49ers, Patriots, their fortunes change on the spot, even with some of their fortunes already in good shape. Thanks to free agency in the draft. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, you got to do it right now. Especially since the next two years, there's only $2 million guaranteed in 2022 and nothing guaranteed in 2023, which is, I'm sure, part of what Julio Jones tries to figure this out. 
why he wants maybe some out of Atlanta right now. Because they can't, I mean, he he sees the writing on the wall. I'm not going to be there. Greg Anthony, that's a good Magic Johnson (laughs) reference. Greg Anthony coming up next. What happened this weekend with Greg Anthony from the NBA playoffs first round coming up. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Good to see you, Shaquille O'Neal. How are you, sir? Before we get started. Yes. If I take this home, will I get arrested? The Vince Lombardi trophy? Is this the real one? Or that's the real one. That's a real Vince Lombardi trophy. I don't know if that's the one that's going to be given to the Rams and the Patriots this weekend, but that is a real... You want to, you want to lift it? Well, if I lift it, I want to take it home. No, if you... Well... <laughs> <laughs> then I think we're then I think we're at uh, a crossroads here. Actually, we're not at a crossroads. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Okay, sure. I'm not a lawyer, but I watch a lot of law shows. Okay. I got about 50 witnesses that seen me hit my head on your set. Oh. So if you just give me this, I'll let bygones be bygones. So it's a liability issue yes, for is. me yeah. that turns into an even worse liability issue. I don't want to have to call it the Shaq Eisen show. I know, I know that. Just, I know right. that. All you got to do is just give me this, and I'll put it next to mine. I'm, I'm, beautiful. I'm doing the math in my head as to how much you'd be suing me for personal liability as to how much this trophy costs, which I've been told is around $22,000. Well, I'll be suing you for $23,000. Do <laughs> <laughs> you want to lift it? No, I don't want to touch it. Okay, you sure you don't want to touch that? Bad luck. Bad luck for you or for... No, to touch the trophy when you don't earn it. I like that. Yeah, my father used to always... Are you, know, you serious? Yeah, he always used to... Because, you know, like when you're a kid, you get the trophy from a local local trophy shop. Sure. You'd be like, if you listen to me, guys, you get this. You want to touch it? Don't touch it. It's bad luck. You got to earn it. Right. So. 
So that's you, why that, that's why like you know how like in the NBA when you win the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference they give you those little trophies. Yeah. I never touched it. Never. I never touched it and I never celebrated. I, I remember Phil did that too, right? Didn't yeah. you like when you guys won the Western Conference Finals yeah. of one of the many times you did? Yeah, I never touched. It. I never never looked at it. Never celebrated. This is beautiful though. It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful trophy. Yeah. Do you do you get a replica? Because you know NFL players can get like a mini replica of this. Do I you got get, I got four replicas of the Larry O'Brien trophy, and I gave them to my father because growing up he used to always take my trophies mm-hmm. and let me celebrate it one or two days, and then he put them away. So finally, I got enough courage to ask him why he did that, and he said he never wanted me to be satisfied. So after he passed away, I went and retrieved all my trophies from from little league, high school, college, and I put it in a room in my house and I dedicated them. So now, like if you go, you you get to see like all my trophies. But I would win it. I'd celebrate it one two days, and I, you know, me and him would have dinner, and he would say thank you very much, and he put it there. <laughs> and I come back like the next week. Hey, Dad, let's go to dinner. Like, where's the trophy? I don't know. Go get another one. <laughs> that was the thing. And then you did. Yeah. And then you yeah. would. Then you would. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for our full archive right here on our program. Back here, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Great chat with Matthew Stafford. He is set up. He is in the catbird seat, man. They are so fired up to have him. He's he's downplaying, I think, just how excited he is because the last thing he wants is to have any sort of um, issue or viewed as, uh, uh, you know, don't let the uh, rearview mirror... Don't let the rearview mirror uh, be offended by what you're saying. But he could, he could, he's got to be so fired up and ecstatic to be here in Los Angeles. I got to think so. After 12 years in Detroit. Um, let's go to uh, Al in Atlanta here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Al? Hey, Rich. What's on your mind, sir? Just, just the Falcons thing. I mean, I was. Do you need a hug, a great Al, Al, Al? Sounds like you need a hug. Do you need a hug? I, I, I need a huge hug. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. A special. Uh, this is what we do on the Rich Eisen show. It's a bro hug. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, uh, extend my arms, give you a little quick hug, tap, tap on the back, and then we separate. Okay, Al, you ready? All right. Here comes right, the arms right. around. Here comes the arms around. Okay, here's it. Tap, tap, and then we separate. <laughs> Thank you. Does it Thank feel you. better. Needed that. Does it feel better. That. What, what's, what are you so upset about? Because I like I was I was having a great weekend, Rich. Okay. The Braves bounced back after taking a shocking defeat to TJ's Mets, beat the pay, beat the Pirates, Hawks. Sadly, I'm sorry. That no, it's I had to all be good. Happy about this. You know? It's great. They they looked yeah, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They were doing great. I'm I'm sitting there. I'm enjoying my brunch, <laughs> and I had to be told by local news that Julio Jones wants to trade. It, it was just, it, it was a, a shock to the system. Like, what is the aardvark doing? What what moves are he, is he making that he's, that he's pushing the best receiver we ever had well, out I, of our team? It's, it's, it's a $15 million cap hit that's coming, um, and they, they clearly can't afford it. And apparently something's going on that he demanded a trade, according to Ian Rappaport, months ago. Stay tuned. He's coming up in 13 minutes' time. I'm going to ask him what he thinks the circumstances of it is, uh, why, why that trade request is coming now. But at least enjoy Trey Young and his first playoff performance. Looks like he's a, he's a guy who has the ability to meet a moment. And, um, and your Braves won 20-1 to 1 the other day. So congratulations on that. So uh, that's Alan Atlanta here on the Rich Eisen Show. Thank you, Rich. You bet, brother. <laughs> you bet. By the way, uh, what started the undis- – and, and I, when, when that gets watched back later, I, 
honestly, I almost said undefeated as opposed to undisputed. I know what the name of the show is. I'm not doing that to. Ch- I know that sort of stuff makes it seem like it's a broadside. Uh, you know, like what's the name of that show again? I it's a popular program. I understand how it's successful a television it is. show. Oh, pardon me, television it's show. A television. Okay, show. so I get it. Um, <laughs> but apparently, what what sparked it is that a guy took a a photograph walking through an airport with Julio Jones this weekend, and Julio was wearing a Dallas Cowboys sweatshirt. So that's what started the whole business of of. You know, when when you throw that piece of red meat in front of those, uh, in front of, um, there's the photograph right there. Um, is that's uh, it looks like a mall? Yeah, actually, in the, they're in the mall. Okay, yeah. So, and that's what actually started this whole situation. Also, not for nothing, Julio Jones has to go to the Nike store to get some new sneaks. He doesn't have a hookup. I don't know. It could be something <laughs> that it could be something that he just had to go run out and get something. Yeah. All right. I don't know. This is very weird. To he me, sends though. a receipt up to Oregon. Yeah. Why is he wearing a Cowboys hoodie though? That's weird. I don't know because he's just going out. Is he, maybe he's maybe trying he's, to incognito? Does want to be noticed? No. But maybe. Maybe is he a Cowboy fan growing up? Maybe. Yeah. I, mean, I doubt I it. Know. Or maybe he wants to stir some crap up. Well, it's working. Maybe it's what he wants to do. Maybe it's just like, hey. And by you know, I know that Shannon wants to have fun with with with. With his partner, that wouldn't be a bad place for him to go. By the way, Ooh, an embarrassment of riches, dude. <laughs> they can't afford it, though. I mean, again, it, when it comes no, down to can't. it, you have to do the math. The yeah, math is the math, and the cap situation—the <laughs> cap situation is what it is. To use an NFL phrase, and what it is is it's a smaller situation than any team could prepare for. The salary cap, I've said it before, it's just like real estate. You're assuming the value of your house and the property that you own, if you're fortunate to own anything, is going to go up. That's just the way you assume life in America is going to go. You assume the cost of your house and anything that you own in real estate is going to go up. A car depreciates the minute you take it off the lot. Del Tufo's not here. He'll tell you all about owning a boat, right? <laughs> but put it all together, and the answer is you assume the cap is going to go up. And it does not. And just at the same time, a bill comes due for for your receiver, who is all world, and you don't think you can win this year anyway, and this is the year in which you want to maybe keep everything together. And I know that they went Kyle Pitts as opposed to over the steering wheel for the future at the quarterback position, fourth overall. But when it comes down to it, Kyle Pitts versus a quarterback that you don't have on your board that high. They make this maneuver. And it may seem like a win-now maneuver, but it is a, a win-for-the-future maneuver with Kyle Pitts. So Julio Jones has requested a trade. I can't wait to find out from Ian Rappaport whatever he can share about why. Was something going on in the season? The fact that they made a coach change? Wasn't happy about that? Did he want Raheem Morris still? I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, Seems or, like he was popular. Or he's just sick and tired of the way the offense was being run. Is he not a, a fan of the quarterback? I mean, the, these things are, you know can all be read into it. Maybe none of it's true. But the fact is he asked for a trade. We all thought the reason why the trade conversation was out there is because everybody did the math. But Ian says there's a trade coming, according to or a trade demand that's been made and thus a trade potentially coming. And the numbers show you that it's going to have to happen after June 1. After June 1, the cap hit, instead of it being the full $15 million, 
they cut it in half. Atlanta can save half of the money on the cap. What they save in trading Julio Jones, they could sign all their rookies, by the way. Question is, is who will take $15 million guaranteed on? Who doesn't need to reconfigure their current roster? They could just take it on. Let's go. Chargers, Colts, 49ers, Patriots are the four teams currently, according to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, that have that cap space. I don't have the cap numbers in front of me. We'll take his word for it. If you're the 49ers, how do you not do this right now? Because the next two years, too, you know what he's worth? The next two years, only two and a half of his salary is guaranteed in 2022. In 2023, none of it's guaranteed. Do you know how much his salary is those years? 11 and a half million bucks. Let's go. Wow. Mm. Now, he'll probably want more guaranteed money in age 33 and age probably, 34. But, I don't know, but if, but, and that's the way you can force yeah, a contract situation. Defer, but, whatever. but let's go. Let's go. With Trey Lance at quarterback? Especially since you know, you know they've got to do this for cap space. You know they're between a rock and a hard cap space. And you know the guy wants out because he said it. On FS1 this morning. That's the problem with saying something this like this on television is because it undercuts whatever leverage the Falcons may have. He may not care. And it sure did not sound like he knew he was on live television when he did that. I mean, that's just a shocker to say the least. But you put it all together. How do the 49ers not hop to it? Right now, deepest pool in the NFL, the NFC West. Russ coming back to Seattle. Kyler Murray adding A.J. Green and the Cardinals' J.J. Watt. Rams, our guest who just hung up the phone with us, have Matthew Stafford. Oh, baby. You get maybe another year of Jimmy G if you want Trey Lance to learn the ropes. How about Julio? (laughs) in addition to some of the hardest-hitting physical receivers. The words physical do not do justice to what some of these guys do. Kittle, on top of all of it. How do you not hop to it? What about the Patriots? You want to have a shot, a rebound, season after all the moves they made in free agency and you still have the ability to go get Julio Jones? You can call him up and say that two we gave you for Mohamed Sanu? Same thing for Julio. They might laugh at you and say, yeah, do you want us to send you the tape of Undisputed from uh, Monday the 24th? Yeah, he gone. (laughs) He gone. And then Colts? I know the Titans are potentially mentioned in the mix. You want to make a difference in the AFC South? Carson Wentz, let's go. T.Y., Pittman, and this guy. Chargers. You want to put more fannies in SoFi? Go Go get Powder Blue 11 to go with Powder Blue 13. Powder Blue 10. Powder Blue 10. Fannies in the seats in SoFi. Julio Jones added. Let's go. Fans back. Let's go. How do you not do that? Those are the four teams. Got to do it. And the only way that Terry Fontenot can whip up the leverage is to get all four teams on the horn right now and hope that somehow their cable bill went out this morning. (laughs) 
But it's everywhere. It's, I mean, it's everywhere. AJ Brown going at Shannon Sharp on Twitter saying that, not saying, you know, putting him on the air and not letting him know that he's on the air. I wonder if Shannon's going to come out and say, no, we spoke about it off the air and that he knew. If he did, either way, then, like I said, words out. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not there. I won't be there. Out. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Ian Rappaport will try and make a, a little bit more uh, out of this for us in terms of where did the trade dem- demand come from? How long has it been? And what's the odds? And Aaron Rodgers supposedly not at OTAs in Green Bay. That was to be expected. But what next? That's coming up. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. So I have here, word for word, verbatim, three of the great uh, sports rants of all time. Um, and we would love for you to do your best Victor Newman. Is that okay? No, the Let's the first one is Herm Edwards. Yes, Herm Edwards. The first one up, Herm Edwards on October 30th, 2002, after a week eight loss to the Cleveland Browns. Ooh. Here is play to win the game as told by Victor Newman. This is great about sports. This is what's the greatest thing about sports is you play to win. Hello? You play to win the damn game, right? You don't play just to play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go to play to win. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, get your ass out of here, then retire. Because it matters. Well done. That's number one. Next up, on October 16th, 2006, after the Cardinals blew a 20-point lead against the Bears on Monday Night Football. Oh, man. Dennis Green. They are who we thought they oh. were, as as portrayed by Victor Newman. The Bears are who we thought they were, you know? That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the damn hook. Very good. Very well done. All right, last one for you. I can feel it. (laughs) I can feel it. I'm glad that we got it rolling because here's the last one. I can feel it. On May 7th, 2002, the famed practice press conference of one Allen Iverson as recounted by the man who plays Victor Newman, Eric Braden. Hit it, Mike Dolce. The great Allen Iverson, my God, man. Go for it. I mean, listen, man. You're talking about practice, okay? Not a game. Not a game. Not a game, all right? 
You're talking about practice. Not a game. Not the game that I go out there and die for and play every game like it's my last. Not the game. You're talking about practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? I know it's important. Yeah, I do, I do, I do. I honestly do. But you're talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice. You're talking about practice, man. Eric, I think that's your finest work, if you don't mind me saying. Well, thank you very much. Stephen A. Smith, uh, BFF. Eric Braden, by the way. (laughs) How are you on the Rich Eisen Show Peacock and also the Rich Eisen Show radio affiliate, Sirius XM Channel 211 or Terrestrial Radio Affiliate near you. Uh, Joining me right here on the Rich Eisen Show, my colleague from the NFL Media Group, Rap Sheet himself, Ian Rappaport. How are you, sir? going on rich how are you well i just want to let you know before we continue you're on live television and radio uh Ian, okay <laughs> All right. just want to let you make sure you're aware of that um, um yeah i you know it's funny like uh after you know i reported some julio things today and sometimes you check on the twitters to see like the reaction what are people saying and uh i clicked on the trending topics and one of the things that was trending was just did julio as in, did Julio know that he was on the air? Um, and it's a great question. I hope that he did. Um, if he did not, there are many, 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 many questions about it. Um, I don't think he said anything necessarily wrong. Probably didn't come off like maybe he wanted. But um, did Julio know he's on air is a legitimate and real question. Well, I mean, because if he did, if he did, then the trade demand that you say that's been uh, in the works for several weeks and months that clearly he did not go out and say anything about publicly that his stance has changed on all of that. So like, I guess let's get into what you tweeted out uh, this very morning that the all pro requested a trade from the organization a few months ago, according to sources. The team then agreed to listen to offer. That's how it began and why it continues. Do we know why Julio requested a trade months ago? Yeah, I'm, I mean, it, this seems to me. Now, first of all, like you know, obviously this is something I've sort of, I would say, known, thought very strongly for a couple weeks, and I got this, you know, inclination during the draft when all of a sudden trade talk kind of popped up out of nowhere, and I never quite could confirm it, and then, you know, Julio going public today probably helped spur this, spur this along a little bit. Um, but, you know, this seems to me to be somewhat similar to the Matthew Stafford situation, right? Like, Stafford had played with the Lions, he had given everything, he had had some really, really good performances, played through injuries, uh, been through some stuff, some highs and some lows, and obviously Julio probably more highs than, than Stafford, but it just seems to be if the organization is you know, they're not rebuilding in Atlanta, but they're definitely starting new. And I'm just not sure that he wanted to be a part of something starting new again. It feels like he'd rather join the team that is already there and just kind of be the final piece to a championship. That is my sense of it. And, you know, the, the he did, he's, you know, one of the greatest and has everything public and, publicly and privately, whatever's going on with Julio has been, a-plus across the board, and the Falcons are treating him like that, which is to say he wants to trade, and they're saying, all right, we will 
because we respect you. We'll see what we can do. Well, and obviously there's no re- there's no reason to do it right away. Um, certainly if the cap ramifications that the Falcons clearly knew were was coming even without the cap number being announced until March, that right. the cap ramifications of trading him after June 1 and getting him someplace new then in time for training camp is so much better for the team. I mean, the amount of money that they would save on the cap trading him after June 1 would pay for the rookies that you were reporting at the draft. They wouldn't right. be uh, able to pay even before they drafted him uh, because of the cap charge. So where, where does all that stand? What do you think is going on? The phone lines with Terry Fontenot, certainly now that Julio Jones has said the words publicly, albeit who knows if he knew he was saying it publicly at the time. He was saying it publicly. But uh, what do you right. think is happening right now, Ian? Uh you know, what, what generally happens is, you know, let's say there's a rumor about a guy being traded, right? And then then someone reports, okay, well, the team is now, you know, fielding trade calls. Obviously, the reason is because it's the and they go, ooh, I could get Julio Jones, and they start to call again. And I think for this one, teams, you know, probably had already been calling, and this was an incredibly difficult deal to do. You could have done it. Um, if I wanted to, you could deal next year's draft picks. You could. Oh, you want to put him on hold, and we'll uh, hopefully get him back and continue with the uh, the story. No, big great oh. sign that it's going to happen. I mean, well, Ian, hold on, once, hold on. Let me let me just jump in here real quick because whatever left turn or right turn we heard you making with your clicker, you you you. You uh, you dropped off. So start one oh. more time off the top. What do you think is happening right now? That is apologies. That is what I was afraid of. But I'm about to uh, get to the driving range and stop driving very shortly. Oh, fantastic! Um, so hopefully that should stabilize. This is very important stuff. Hopefully this should okay. stabilize my phone service. Um, so basically, when rumors come out that uh, a player could potentially be traded, teams start calling. Right, and so generally we see like trade rumor. And then it's like teams are fielding calls, right? Um, and I think with Julio, around the time of the draft, that happened. The fact that he wasn't traded before the draft is not a great sign because that would have been a perfect opportunity for a team that needed to fill a hole, like trade for Julio now, know you have him. The trade is processed on June 2nd for the cap for cap reasons and then kind of move on from there. That didn't happen. So for me... You know, if the Falcons are going to demand a lot, and I know that they are and should, then maybe a more likely situation is if someone has some sort of training camp injury and they feel like they have to trade for Julio, maybe that is eventually what gets it done. But, I mean, the problem with trading, with, with just say, hey, we'll make the trade now, but we'll just, we'll just process it on June 2nd, is, you know, anything can happen to Julio Jones, God forbid, between May and, and June, and somebody's already gotten the draft choices. I mean, that's a very difficult thing to pull off in the NFL. We do see it a lot in the NBA. So um, what do you think? The, 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 uh, the cap charge is $15 million for whatever team that takes him on, according to Jeremy Fowler. Chargers, Colts, 49ers, Patriots are the teams that could just do it right now. They don't have to reconfigure anything on their cap. They could just make this deal and do it. And those are four teams that definitely fits the bill of Julio Jones wanting to be a piece to a possible championship puzzle. Do you think that's possible, Ian? Um, I, I would also say, if, you know, if Julio does want out, which 
clearly he's interested in some level on a, in a trade. My guess is he would probably redo his deal in a way that would make it more cap-friendly for a team. Um, so, or, you know, we could also see what we've seen in the past, which is the Falcons would say, you know what, we have to get a first-round pick. It just has to happen. So we'll pay a little bit of the salary to make sure that it happens. Like, we've seen that, too. So, you know, looking at the teams that could do it cap-wise, like, I think that eliminates too many. Because I think what what we found, for better or worse, is that the teams in cap trouble are a lot of times the teams that are good, who have great players that they have to pay, and they somehow make it work. Like, I don't think the Falcons would ever trade them to the Saints. Like, why would you? Right. But the Saints have no cap space for the next 20 years, and they probably could make it work somehow. (laughs) They just always are able to. You know, so I think... I think if a team wants him, they'll figure out how to do it more than anything. Okay, before I let you go for you to tee it up, Ian Rappaport, um, my uh, my longtime uh, colleague at the Worldwide Leader, uh, Kenny Main, tonight is his last Sports Center. He has tweeted out, um, you know, in the past week that Aaron Rodgers is going to pay him a visit as a farewell and as an attaboy for uh, their friendship as Kenny's remarkable career at ESPN comes to a close at the Sports Center tonight. So, um, the quiet that has uh, fallen on this story since, I guess, the Kentucky Derby uh, may be broken tonight. What do you think uh, is going on with Rodgers and the Packers? Um, and certainly if Aaron does make that appearance tonight, that will be fascinating. But what is the quiet? Can you interpret the quiet for me, Ian? Um, first of all, I, I don't know anything. I mean, I know some things, but I don't know anything about what Rodgers is going to say to Kenny Mayne. I have some doubts as to whether it's going to be substantive or not. Um, I mean, maybe he does a solid for his friend and tells him something, but I just, I would imagine it's going to be much funnier than it is informative. Okay. Um, so, but we'll see. Um, you know, what's happening now is Rogers is in Hawaii uh, with his fiance playing guitar. I believe I saw on social media. Um and the Packers are moving forward uh, with Jordan Love at OTAs. I know they still have had, I don't know how recent the conversation has had, but in the last several weeks there's been trade conversation. there's been, I'm sorry, uh, contract conversations, negotiations. Um, I still believe that is the very serious focus for the Packers to get him a new deal that gives him some security that he wants. Um, so to me, the quiet means they're trying. Um that's what that's as far as I can tell, that is what it means and all it means. Ian, thanks for the time. Really appreciate oh, you popping. Hold on, Rich. I want to say one thing real quick first. Sure. Um, so you are a noted uh fan of Breaking Bad. Yes, sir. I have uh only recently learned that this is a great show that I should watch. So I'm now in season two. Oh. And I just I just met Saul for the first time, who is quite a character. Uh and I know uh that is one of your people. Um, so I just want to say that I'm enjoying it immensely, and where have I been for the last decade? So when you said you've met you met Saul, you mean through the television, not actually Bob Odenkirk himself, is what you're saying? Yes, not the real person, um, but the character. I've just he he popped up on my uh, oh. on my iPad as I was watching, Dude. and I was like, oh wow, like, what, here we go. You're about to have a whole world unlocked for you, Ian. <laughs> where have you been? And it wow. is truly one of the best shows. And then you got Better Call Saul after that, and that the final season yeah. of that is being shot right now. You're in, you're in great shape, man. I'm kind of jealous, to be honest with you. You're <laughs> in good shape. It's it's one of those weird things where everyone said it was so good, oh, yeah. and it actually has been 
as good as everyone said, the which fact is pretty awesome. It leads uh, it, it it keeps living up to it. It's only going to get better. It really will. Awesome. Ian, thanks for the call, man. You take care. All right, thanks, Rich. You take got care. it, man. You bet. The one thing I take out of that is the fact that, hey, the cap space is only this and that. He's right. Julio Jones is up for grabs, man. He said he's out of there, is what he said. He is out of Atlanta. I'm out of there. So he will be out of there. That's the way things appear to be rolling in the NFL these days. I'm out of there. And if I'm him, man, do I would I want to wind up on the 49ers in the worst way. Now the off, you know, he's going to have to, you know, his quarterback would change. You look at New England, the quarterback's going to change there too. The spot where the quarterback's not going to change, Los Angeles Chargers. You can come play. You want to, if he's at all rumored to be concerned about how Ryan's arm strength is gone. Okay, how does Justin Herbert sound? No How does Los problem. Angeles sound? How does SoFi Stadium sound to you? Why wouldn't he want to go there? Rams too. You want Stafford? And you don't even look up the Rams cap situation because Les Snead oh, is the king of we'll figure it out. I was looking up who's gonna who wears eleven right now in the Chargers. Whoever that is is gonna have to cough it up. I'm telling you, man. Los Angeles football. That stadium, SoFi Stadium, Hollywood Park, beautiful. You will see the ball like it's in a VR goggle. <laughs> and I'll tell you what. You want Justin Herbert? You want Matthew Stafford? It's like, what flavor do you want? What situation do you want? Edelman and, just retired. No Evans available in New England. There you go. They'll give it to him. He wants to go there? Go for it. It's a little cold. Little I'm cold. serious. A little cold. You want to play inside? Come west, you're Julio Jones. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Seriously, less need is the king of, oh, what does it matter? Oh, you just paid this guy $100 million? We'll just trade two first-rounders. Oh, we need somebody on the back end of the defense to, to team with Aaron Donald? Yeah, we'll just trade a first-rounder, a couple to, to Jacksonville. Who cares if you know we won't draft first in the next five years? We got a young coach. We got second and third and fourth and fifth round draft picks. What do we care? It's on. It's on for Julio Jones. It's on. Oh, baby. Rick Spielman is the general manager of the Minnesota Vikings. He is coming up in just five minutes right here on Peacock. Nate Ebner of the Giants behind him right here on the Rich Eisen Show. We're still here on Peacock. Michael Pittman wears 11. Uh, well, we heard that he won't give that up yeah, to Lynch. That up, so. hey, here's, here's something I was thinking about this weekend. I want to take a couple minutes here. Um, to mention seeing Phil Mickelson stroll through that crowd at the PGA Championship was a remarkable sight. A remarkable sight. The fact that Phil, who has such a huge following, was being followed by a whole bunch of people was remarkable. It was a little scary. There was a part of time where I'm like, I hope this doesn't get out of control. And part of it for me was I don't see many masks on. I said the same thing. I don't see many masks on at all. Zero, really. I was then watching at the same time, talk about Slam Diego, when Phil went up three, Fernando Tatis left the yard in San Diego for another Grand Slam, and he did his, he went full Tatis. Bat, Bat flip, 
took some time around the bases, and the fans that were in San Diego were going crazy. Going crazy. Orsillo's call was tremendous. He is just a dynamite player. And you could see the fans in the stands behind him. He just charged him up. Then, just about a half an hour later, is when the Knicks and the Hawks tipped off, and I got goosebumps because it reminded me of my childhood, Madison Square Garden, 15,000 fans inside the garden. Many of them are all masked up, but 15,000 fans, and it was lit. And all I could think of was the Monday before Memorial Day last year, we come on this show, and all we're talking about is the last dance because that was the only thing we had. And we're all sitting around wondering, what in the hell is life going to be like? When are we going to get sports back at all? And here we are the Monday before Memorial Day, that weekend before Memorial Day weekend, and fans were everywhere, and it was late. And all I will say is thank you to science. I have no idea how many people there were vaccinated, but the fact is six states in the United States right now, seven-day rolling average of COVID deaths are one or fewer. One death. One. So if you're a fan out there and you're sitting here thinking, thank God the fans are there and sports are back, it's because of getting vaccinated. Please get yours. Hour three coming up.